Well, that's a comfort to me to hear that sound because, you know, that means it's another week at the Rec Poker Podcast. I'm Jim Reed, which means you are listening to the Forums Edition. And I'm, as every week, I'm joined by an illustrious panel of Rec Poker members, the core team, and a special guest this week. So uh, I'll just introduce myself. Like I said, I'm Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game, at Jim in the forums. And Chris Jones, you are next. I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on both Poker Stars and Twitter. And I think the forums as well. I'm John Somsky, and I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam. I'm Rabman50 everywhere. And for the first time, we've got, I was going to say three-dimensional John Somsky, but it's not, it's still two-dimensional, but we feel like you've really get upgraded that we've got the webcam here. We're dealing with the VIP, the celebrity himself, the one and only John Somsky. Thanks for joining us live and in person. Uh, speaking of live and in person, I'd like to welcome Eric or Com Binkley, uh, uh, as he's known. Binkley, as he's known, he's a man of many names and many hats. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Eric. Thank you. This is Eric Jin. I am Binkley on the Rec.Poker forums and COM Binkley in the home games. Eric's been uh, posting up a storm in the forum, and uh, we decided we had to have Mon to talk about a post and uh, get some of these great thoughts about poker. Eric's also one of the regulars in our OPA Invitational on Tuesday nights and uh, has brought home a couple uh, victories in that series of memory serves. So I'm looking forward to this. So Eric, you posted a, a, a hand in the forums, a series of hands, where you have strong hands in the blinds and you're facing pre-flop raises and re-raises. So this, people always talk about these as though they're easy decisions, but I think you've picked good hands to talk about here where you're in that spot where I, I don't think it is that easy a decision. So why don't you talk us through what made you post these hands and we can get into it. Yeah, so I was playing online, uh, playing on Ignition and those who aren't familiar with that, Ignition is a anonymous site. So um, you don't have player names, they're just anonymous. So it's hard to get a read on, you know, you, you really don't get reads on people or history or HUDs of, of that sort. Um, and especially I was playing a fast fold uh, cash game. So you have the option to immediately fold and they move you to another table with other people. So. So every hand, you're actually dealing with a completely anonymous table. You don't even have the previous hands action to go on. Correct. Oh, I'm getting yes. hives just thinking. Yes. About it. Oh, God, that's <laughs> not the kind of poker I want to play. All right, cool. I'm with so, you. So, yeah. Here. So, um, yeah, it's less exploitative strategy and more of that, you know, GTO game theory type strategy. Cool. Um, so you get a lot of hands. And uh, I had a session where... Uh, kind of similar situations came up and in, 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 uh, kind of close together, and that's why it stood out to me. Um, so in the first hand, I'm in the small blind with queens, pocket queens, you know, really good hand. But then I have the action of uh, it's six max, so uh, the low jack, first act, actually raise, goes a standard three big blind raise, and then uh, the hijack, three bets him. Um, and it comes around to me. So, I mean, that was, that was the first hand that stood out to me. Um, and then shortly after that, um, 
I had another hand where I was faced with a similar decision. This, this time I was, had pocket queens again, but this time I was in the big blind. Uh, low jack, first act, did a standard three big blind raise. Um, high jack, three bet him, three times his. And then the cutoff, which uh, unlike all the other players were playing about 100 big blinds deep, this, this player was about 50 big blinds deep. Well, they shoved all in. Button folded, small blind folded, and then it was up to me. So, uh, so that's that was that was uh, another hand. And then the final hand I had was uh, this time I was in small blind. I had uh, ace queen suited. Uh, this time under the gun, low jack uh, folded. The high jack raised. The cutoff just flat called. And then the button, three bet him. And then I was next to act. Hmm. Yeah. So it stood out just because here, you know, you queens, ace, queen suited, those are good hands that, you know, I would happily three bet. But when it came out to me, it, it wasn't a matter of three betting. It was a matter of do I want a four bet or call a three bet or call a four bet. So, uh, yeah, and um, it was just interesting. It was, you know, during kind of the, during the same session that all this happened. And I was like, wow, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're getting, you're yeah. getting punished by difficult decisions with good cards. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my initial thought was like, if I had jacks, I, I'd throw them in the muck just, you know, without a second thought aces or Kings, you know, I, I put in the, you know, four bet, five bet, whatever, without a second thought, but the Queens just felt it was right on that, that cuspy, like, is this strong enough to, you know, raise is, and calling, you know, given that action, that much action, you know, not closing the action, calling didn't feel good either. So, so that's yeah, why I posted so, it. So it's interesting because the first two hands, you've got queens in the blinds in both of them. Um, and they both have a raise and a three bet and the sizing's a little different, but other than that, mm -hmm. they do seem, they seem sort of similar and, and, um, and uh, one thing that's interesting about these anonymous tables is that I think you really have to think about, instead of playing against individuals, you have to think uh, about playing against the tendencies of player pools and how they tend to react in, in the big picture generally, uh, which you were uh, referring to before. So I think it's, it's, the sizing might actually influence the action a bit if you think that it's as a tendency of the player pool um, skews them towards a stronger part of their range or a, a weaker part of their range. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, especially if you're going to be out of position, calling doesn't seem like a great position to put yourself into, um, you know, investing a lot of big blinds in a, are you set mining with Queens at that point? Uh, you know, out of position, that seems like a hard way to play it. But four betting also seems, especially that cold four bet like that, feels mm -hmm. like you're only going to get called by the hands that you really don't want to see um, with this kind of stack depth as well. And I know that might differ slightly in tournaments, but, um, you know, the only, the only hand you really want to see is ace king and you're not loving life getting it in against that either so i don't know if that might have some difference between tournaments and cash as well but um but yeah it is a tricky spot does anyone have what are you guys thinking about as factors 
when you're considering you're out of position, you've got this fairly premium hand, but the action's telling you you're up against a pretty, pretty tight range. What's going through your head when you, when you're in that spot? I think I, I want to know where I'm at before I get involved too much. A call is you're turning your Queens into a set mining opportunity, right? Because by calling, you're saying, well, he must have aces or kings, ace, king, maybe at the worst. Um, so I think I would probably want to raise this uh, both times that I had queens. I'd probably want to raise it and just, uh, you know, you could probably raise and fold to a four bet all in. Actually, you would be four betting, so it'd be a five bet. So I guess you could fold to a five bet um, because that's that has to be a lot of strength, especially with the player pool on the, on the ignition site. So I think I'd want to know where I'm at before I got too much farther in hand. And I think I'd raise it to, you know, three times, whatever that initial bet was, maybe nine, $10, something like that. I know it's a big chunk of your stack, but I think you can still get away from it. If you, uh, if you do get five bet. And, and I misspoke there for the record. Sorry. In the first hand, it was a raise and a re-raise. In the second hand, it was a raise, a re-raise, and then a shorter stack shoving on top. So, of course, that, that does change the dynamic. So, yeah, Rob, you're talking about in the first hand there, getting right. that four bed in and, uh, and acting appropriately afterwards. Yep, right. that makes sense. And that was the hand where the three bet was a little bigger than you might see Typical, you know, three times the opening raise would be to $2.25, and this player put it to uh, $2.60. So, um, but also, yeah, I think in cash games, I don't think mm, the, the rules are not really the same as you see point. in tournaments. That's a good point. You, you do see a lot bigger um, openings. I yep. think a three, three X open is, is probably small. It could point. be small in a lot of cash games. Um, online, it's about typical and in this game. So yeah, live, a cash game, uh, 3X would be a smaller, you know, in live cash, 4X, 5X is, is more typical, but uh, right, online. Right. Uh, I, will, I will say that three, uh, that three bet that you saw was a 260 or 265. Yeah. Um, there's actually, that isn't unusual for this game because there's actually a pot button. Oh, that, and, right. and if you press that, that's that's the size because it takes in count the the small blind and. and uh, was this a, a fast fold? Game yes, or? it is. Okay, yes, so that is. that makes it even more difficult, or you have to go more by the player pool because you don't even know who this player is. You haven't had. You may have yes. played with them, but they aren't going to be in the same seat. You aren't mm. going to played multiple hands. Whereas if you play in a normal anonymous table you can get a feel for how a player plays. You just have to watch really closely to see, is this number six a different number six than you were playing three minutes ago mm. or whatever. Um, but I think I tend to agree with uh, basically what Rob says. I, I have not played for a while on ignition. So I don't know what it would, what the right play against the player pool would be. But my first, inclination would be to raise with both of them and with hand number two the the where you had the shover in front of you i just shove all in uh that way you're going to realize whatever equity you have in the hand uh guaranteed and i think queens are strong enough hand to do that and most likely you're going to go heads up against the all-in player and if you don't 
you're probably not in that bad of shape. Yeah, I, I, I when I look at the, I, I want to talk about hand number three because I think that's the one that I think is the potentially the most interesting. But, but with the with these first two, when we've got queens, I think that hand number one is sort of clearly when we've got just a an open and a three bet. I think we've got a pretty clear especially in a cash game, we've got a pretty clear four bet um, and a potential four bet fold. But um, it, it's, it's one that I think we, we have to sort of, because um, that three bet range can be pretty wide um, and uh, depending on the player. But, you know, but I think once we start seeing four bet all-ins, um, that is rarer. Uh, even with a short stay now when somebody's got only twelve dollars in a when mo it looks like most of the tables coming with our is it pretty typical to start with a hundred big blinds that kind of twenty five dollar stack yeah yeah okay most people do actually i do what i do do is uh i look at people's stacks and if it's close to twenty five then I figure either A, they just joined the game, so it's hard to tell you know, what's going on, or mm. B, they're more aware that they will top off, right? right so if, right. if I see a shorter stack like that, then I usually suspect that maybe they're a weaker player that, you know, isn't, isn't uh, cognizant and aware and doesn't, doesn't top off when he gets Yeah, it doesn't top off and also yeah. may be playing, may have just, you know, the other thing I notice when I see a, a, a stack like that in a cash game is that, that's a player that may have just sort of recently lost a, uh, you know, half their stack. Right. Um, and, you know, you can't know that for sure. They could have just started short, but, you know, you usually don't start with 1269. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> um, it seems like that could be going on. So that, you know, that this is a tougher hand for me, like in terms of what we do, but I think I would be leaning between shove or fold. Um, I think those are our only two options. I think calling this is, is a mistake. So, um, but those are my, my thoughts. And I think it would be really dependent on thing. I, I'm, I think I'm shoving more than I'm folding, but I could find a fold in this spot. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, when I was playing more uh, cash online, I had a colored tag for those players with the shorter stacks. Um, and there was a real, there was a real uh, polarity there because they were either um, recreational players that were just not very stack savvy and were kind of caught between maybe they bought in for the minimum of 50 big blinds or 40 or 50 big blinds and then they were just sort of like wherever they were or maybe they bought in big and just as you say they didn't have the top up button um, set but the other the other group that's in that is the ones that are always at exactly 40 or 50 big blinds and who are, you know, the short stack ninjas who are just playing a completely different game. They're never set mining. You know, they're only ever playing aggressively. And uh, so I would have a different color that I would tag them with. So I know that wouldn't really matter here uh, in the anonymous tables. But if you're playing online and you're playing against cash tables, uh, cash play, if you're playing on cash tables and you are able to tag players, um, tag the ones that have these weird amounts. They're typically not paying too much attention. And if they always have like right on the, right on the limit, that might just mean that they're short, short stack players. That's something to think about as well. So then, and I'm with you, Chris. I think on the second hand, it's a shove. I think you're going to get ahead. You're going to get heads up with that uh, button a lot. They're going to have a lot of hands where they've got one overcard and one undercard to your queens, and uh, 
when they don't, sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. That's poker. It's hard. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm with you on the, on the third one because ace queen suited is another one of those hands that in some cases you really, you'd love to be driving the action and getting it in. And in other hands, sometimes it feels like you're, you're drawing dead. So just to review the action for that one. So the low jack folds, hijack raises three X cutoff calls and the button raises to three which all seems pretty standard. So the, and I think the, the button taking the squeeze spot there uh, makes me more inclined to four bet this, to be honest with you, even though it's, even though it's a nice, pretty hand uh, to play suited out of position is not that nice. And uh, in a three bet pot, it still has one of those hands. It's got, it's got those, it's almost a really good hand, you know? And so uh I'd actually, I'd rather be playing it against a, against a range that's calling my action than um, in a, that a range that is completely uncapped and I've called the action. Cause I think that's just going to make it, even though I still am going to be behind, I'm, I'm going to, I might make a less expensive mistake um, by putting it in that four bidding range. Now that's my, that's what my gut says. What do you guys think? Yeah, I could see, I could see a four bet there, but at the same time, you, you'd like to be able to see a flop multi-way with the ace queens. You know, if the hijack and the cutoff both call, ace-queen suited is a pretty nice hand to have in a multi-way pot. Um, ace-queen off, you know, you could easily mm. four bet and then fold to a five bet. Um, yeah. And at least then you're defining their range, which you're not doing by calling. You know, you're, you're, that, that button range is wide open um, if you just call. Now, if you four bet and they five bet, well, then they've defined their range pretty, pretty clearly at that point. So that's, you know, kind of a couple of thoughts I would have going into it. Not sure what I'd actually do there. I might just call with the ace queen suited and take a flop and see, uh, see what happens. We're, we're also really deep. Um, or deeper than we've been, you know, like everybody here, we're, we're the effective stack and we have $32. So everybody's sort of chipped up here, which actually leans me more towards that call. Um, then, then the four bet here, even though buttons range can be, I think pretty wide. I mean, we can assume the button squeezing a decent amount here, uh, once they get that flat, um, I don't mind going to uh, to a flop multi-way against uh, a range like that uh, with this particular hand. Like uh, it flops well, and when it doesn't, I don't need to uh, invest a lot with it. So this is an interesting spot because I think you you can definitely four bet. Um, but I, I, this is probably a spot where I am, I'm leaning more towards a flat. And when, when you do, is that, how do you feel about a one pair hand? Like, are you, how, how much of, okay, I guess my question is how much of your inclination to call has to do with the fact that you can make the nut high flush because the, the depth of the stack makes me more inclined to play with those nutted hands. And I'd feel mm -hmm. the same way about a set, right? Yep. Um, where you'd still like to be in position but at least if you, if someone makes a mistake, it's going to be an even bigger mistake because the stacks are deep. So is that part of it, or is it just that it's often going to be a high, a high pair and a high kicker? And I mean, 
you know, if if this if this flop comes queen seven five or something after I flat and let's say the hijack comes along as well, maybe they all come along. We go four way and it comes queen seven five rainbow. Um, I'm feeling pretty decent about mm-hmm. my hand still. Like I I think I've got the best hand there a lot of the time. There are some probably some sets of five sets of sevens that are kind of showing up. Uh, you know, I, I, that, you know, there's obviously millions of flops where sure. the queen is queen is the high top pair. But um, if it's if it's queen, I mean, I think it really depends on what my top pair is. If it's queen jack nine, I'm feeling a lot worse. Um, you know, it, well, and it, wouldn't right. you feel a little worse if it came ace high as well? Because yes. you know, an ace king is a good candidate for something that would be out there yeah for sure for sure an ace an ace would be a really tricky uh spot and and i think with any top pair here i am not excited to uh take the lead and i'm probably in a lot of check call sort of uh type situations especially multi-way well so if you're gonna three bet what are you gonna three bet to um I'm probably three betting. Oh, four to, bet, I guess. Or four in, betting. In yeah, to, four betting. Yeah, four betting. I'm probably uh, from the small blind. I'm. <laughs> I'm going twelve fifty, I think. So once you go twelve fifty, that is yeah, it's a lot of your third stack. of your stack. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think from a stack to pot ratio, that makes this hand really difficult to play mm-hmm. I, I mean it, it would e- be easier to play moving all in but it seems like that's just too many chips to put in with ace queen um now the good adva- the advantage of going all in of course would be then your position is no longer a disadvantage for you because you're in the absolutely worst position um but because of the size of the stacks and because of being out of position, I kind of think I'd lean towards just the call. Once you mm-hmm. call, though, you have to realize odds are you're going to be playing a four-way pot. Right. Yeah, you're giving From, great odds to the other guys to come along. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's what you want, too, because you have the kind of hand that you want those implied odds that you're going to get by, uh, you know, having more dead money in the middle. So yeah, if I, you do oh, – Go ahead. If you do flat and the original Razor – then four bets. Ooh, I'm out. Okay. Yeah. I I'm, agree. I'm flatting with the intention of, of seeing a flop at this point. And if, if there's any more action, I, my hand is no good anymore. Or, or I, you know, maybe, maybe I'm up against jacks or tens or something like that, but I, I still, I'm okay, okay. giving it up. Yeah. So I agree. what if the original razor four bets and then it goes call call <laughs> yeah now you're back in that and now now you're closing the action with the call <laughs> you're getting really good odds now <laughs> uh, yeah i don't uh, know that's a real uh, question that's a good question eric i don't know i mean it's very tempting you're not yeah boy i mean you're not really it, 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 would, de- it would just depend on the size of the four bet right i think it would a little uh, you got to figure the four bet's going to be right in that 12 dollar range like well, because now, because you're also in the pot, right? So the so there's even more in there for him to be leveraging. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, ace queen. 
This is a garbage hand. Why does anyone play this? It's One. suited. <laughs> <laughs> so let me roll through a couple of comments we got in the uh, forum post itself. So Jamel, who's one of our great uh, uh, forum stars here, says that also a cash game guy. Also yeah. a cash game guy. Yeah, good point. So uh, one hand one says um, Jamel doesn't want to call there, playing out of position with pocket queens, and so he advises raising up to nine bucks, putting the pressure on the original raiser, leverage and fold equity. Yep, and uh, getting it in on flops that don't have an ace or a king. Which yeah, now I'm I'm always these spots where you're getting it in on flops that don't have an ace and a king. The problem with that is that you're letting the guys that had ace king off the hook uh, when they get into the hand and see that flop. Um, if you're, if you're, which just comes down to how do you want to play Queens versus Ace King? How, how do you think other people are playing Ace King? If, if you're in a pool where other people are not using Ace King aggressively all the time, that really does change how you have to play some of those flops when you have a hand like Queens or Jacks or something like that, because you're, you're always going to be losing to Kings and Aces. Um, the question is, if they're going to play ace king aggressively, like, are you going to get the money before they know they have an ace or a king on the board or after they know they have an ace or a king on the board? So uh, that's something to think about there. Um, for hand two, Jamel says uh, that the hijack being pretty deep concerns them. Um, and with two left to act, he says a nitty fold and find a better spot just because the players still to act have uncapped range, or at least one of them has an uncapped range and they're pretty deep. And yeah, I can't argue with that. You, you're not going to, you're not going to catch up very often if you've got pocket Queens and you're behind, let me put it that way. Uh, and hand three recognizes that the button is a, taking a good squeeze spot and just wishes that we could have taken it because our hand isn't really good enough to uh, continue with it from there. So, yeah, I, I hear that. Um, so he says to call in position. And, you know, when you guys are talking about the stack size, that is such a relevant factor. You, you can get pot committed so quickly and ace-queen suited, out of position. It's, yeah. So, so what, are some, what are some other good candidates then, if we're in this spot, to have in that four betting range? If, if ace-queen suited is too good and you want to call and see a flop, is it like Rob said that you should just be four betting hands like ace queen offsuit and getting away from them? It, can you ever get away from a hand uh, when you're four betting to a third of your stack? Is that even a good idea in a cash game or something? Cause I think it, it makes sense to have a raising range here. That's not just aces and Kings. Um, and so what, what are the good hands to add to that that we don't want to call with? I think I think part of it it is different because it's a cash game. I, I'm not convinced that you have to have a four betting range here. Mm. You know, from the small blind when you're deep. Um, I mean, the deeper play gets, the more conservative action tends to be because you need to protect your stack until you know more information, and the only information you're going to get is the cards coming out on the board. So um, I don't I don't know if you you need to have much of a, a four betting range. Yeah, that's a good point. From the small blind, especially at this stack depth, because right because you can't. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. 
So uh, ARW, one of our uh, other forum posters, does a great breakdown in here. I'm not going to go through it all because ARW does these great posts. They're so dense. Uh, oh, yeah. He goes through a bunch of combo talk. He breaks it all down. I really, uh, if you go to rec.poker, go to the forums and look for the cute little dog that's ARW's avatar, and you'll find some fun uh, posts in there. But uh, the long and short of it is on the first hand, he calls with the queen. Oh, no, is that he's referencing a uh, <laughs> raising seems best and yet risky. So I'm with you on that one, ARW. And in the hand three with ace queen suited, he does say uh, four betting to eight or nine or about a quarter of your stack. So that's a smaller four bet than we had talked about, which you can make your four bets smaller to, to the three bets than you can three bets relative to opens you don't have to make your four bets as big relative to the three bet as you do three bets to open so that's something being out of position i always want to size up a bit because i just don't want to give that player any extra reason to call and and get in position against me um so arw says three betting to eight or nine dollars is about a quarter of your stack which means that you're not committed to the pot and if you four bet larger, you'll increase your fold equity, but you also invest a bigger piece of your next bet, um, which is right. And I think, especially with a hand like ace queen suited, if you are going to four bet, if you are going to have it in a four bet range, you want it to be in one that you can get away from it to the five bet because at, at the players, at the fields we're playing against, I don't think people are shoving uh, five bets wide enough you know, in a polarized enough fashion. And I think what Chris said just before is really good too. Um, even if they do show up with that hand that you're beating, it's just one of the hands that they're doing that with. And so even if you can say to yourself, oh, you could do, you know, I've got ace queen, he could do this with jacks, he could do this with ace jack or something like that. That's true, but that's still only a part of the range that they're doing with. And, and most of the range is still up here, uh, the ones that are crushing ace queen. So sometimes you just have to, know that you could be wrong about it and still make the decision that is right most of the time. It feels like that would be, I don't know. Uh, poker's hard. Yeah. Uh, we got two, two more quick comments in here. I'm a Luigi says, uh, responding to hand number three, because it's the most interesting. The overcall caps uh, the caller's range, which makes a three bet squeeze wider, which is absolutely correct. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm a Luigi also feels like playing out of position is hard and uh, it might be hard to play even ace queen suited profitably in that way. And so they like to four bet as well, I guess, to a smaller sizing. And actually they don't mind calling it off uh, in a low stakes cash game if they have a history on the villain. So we don't have history on the villain here too. Um, all right. And then Binkley comes in and uh, provides some, Closing knowledge about uh, so so yes yeah, so you get to go on and get the hand history information later is that right Binkley? Yeah, so ignition after 24 hours you can download your hand history which shows you all the hands of everybody on the table. So Whether they went to showdown or not, right? So you actually yes. okay. Yes. So that's cool. That's cool. Yes. So we don't we don't get that. Uh, I don't get that on my HUD playing uh, like with my poker tracker playing on ACR or poker tracker four. I get the hands they showed down with in real time. Um, so this is interesting because what they want you to do is they want you to have 
the integrity of the game not being questioned so that you can see all the hands. Mm -hmm. yes. And you can also, if you play, if you get enough of that data, you can start making some educated guesses about the playing field, the player uh, field as well. Yeah. Because you actually get to see that. Yeah, that's something I need to do, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that study would be very rewarding, um, yeah. having, having that access. So Now, again, you never get to actually relate it to any individual player. Um, so it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a nice balance they've struck. Yeah. It's, it's an, you'll get an aggregate, right. Of, of, of what mm -hmm. people are opening, what people are three betting, you know? So, so I do have the results. Yeah. So take us through it. Okay. So hand number one, uh, again, uh, that's where I had Queens in the small blind, uh, facing the low Jack open hijack three bet <clears throat> in game. I folded. Um, so yeah, based on the conversations, uh, if I had to do differently, I think a four bet and then full to a five bet might, would have been the better action, but, uh, in game, I thought, you know, I had really just a small blind invested. So I did the nitty fold. Um, <laughs> so it turns out low Jack had opened with ace Jack offsuit. High Jack had three bet with queen nine suited. Mm. So I had him crushed. So. Yep. Uh, you know, you know that you you would have seen that ace. You would have seen that ace uh, as soon as, as soon as you got it in. Good job. Yeah, some of those hands might not even be there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good if point. I four bet low jack, you know, you'd likely be out of there. Okay, so uh, yeah, low jack, low jack probably folds that ace jack because he doesn't know that the button's got queen queen nine. So yeah, mm -hmm. good call, good call. Okay, so. Hand number two, again, that's where low jack open and then high jack three bet and then cut off, shoved with about 50 big blind stack. Uh, again, I went nitty and folded. <laughs> low, jack had, um, low jack had opened with king three suited. High jack three bet him with jack 10 suited. And the cut off shoved his 50 big blinds with ace king off. Hmm. So again, my queens were ahead of all three ranges. <laughs> and the cutoff lost a couple of uh, less, lost one of his outs with the uh, low jack hand. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good point. Good yes, point. That's true. <laughs> but you got to think when, when there's three players in there like that, that there's going to be a lot of overlap in the yeah. kind of hands mm. that they have. So yes. a lot of their, a lot of your outs and their outs are probably intermixed amongst all of that so. and and i find a lot Point. depending on the action depending on the position you know those tend to be a lot of like unpaired aces and kings and so if i'm in your spot holding ace king i'm actually even less inclined to get involved because i'm sharing outs even like the hands that i have mm -hmm. dominated that's mm -hmm. great that i've got them dominated but if there's four players in the hand one of them's got pocket tens and none of us are going to hit our aces or kings because we're sharing them. And right. so I, I'm more inclined to get it, get it in in these multi-way spots like that where you feel like the rest of the group's like almost already committed. I'm much more inclined to do it with a bigger pair than um, with ace-king or ace-king, ace-queen, even though you don't get – it's like I said before, you can't catch up as easily, but you're actually – you're just not blocking as many of, uh, as many of your mm -hmm. that way. And then hand three, how did it go? This hand is the three, the one. one that people said was most interesting. <laughs> so in game, my thoughts were the hijack open and cutoff call. It looked like a really good squeeze spot for, 
for the button. So I decided to four bet. I went um, just 2.25x of the three bet. So I went $6.75. Hijack and cutoff folded, the button called. The flop came 10 of spades, queen of hearts, five of clubs. I see bet to $6 and the button folded. Hmm. Button had ace, jack of diamonds. And it turns out the hijack, the original razor, had pocket fours, and the cutoff had, the, the three better had pocket jacks. Oh, interesting. So it's too bad we couldn't get it in. Oh, actually, no. This is the ace queen hand, right? So actually, pretty, pretty gin flop, really, given what we were talking yeah. about earlier. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Well, that, that, uh, I'm, yeah, I guess the jacks, the jacks player was equally disciplined, eh? Just didn't want to get, didn't want to get any further with that action. Well, ja I mean, Jax, I mean, he, he was facing a four bet. Right. A cold, right. cold four bet, so. Yeah. In the muck. And actually, I kind of like your bet sizing preserved your stacked pot ratio. So it gave you a little bit more playability and room to get away from the hand even easier after the flop. And yet still got you heads up. Yeah. I'm, mm. I'm very yeah. surprised that the, the one thing I don't like about the sizing and, but, but it worked out for you in this situation. I am sh shocked that the jacks didn't come along for that price. Um, that I, I think that's a mistake from those jacks uh, to be honest, even though it's a four bet, it's a, it's a smaller four bet. Um, and I think a, a, that you almost have to, you almost have to just, Take your jacks and see see what turns up. Were they the ones? Were they the ones that had called the open and gotten squeezed? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, they were already were playing it a little bit snug to yep. begin with. Yep. So it, it's it's interesting again to to wonder what if the cutoff had three bet, which would be more typical. Mm -hmm. Right. Now the button, what's he doing with ace jack suited? Mm -hmm. You might just call there. Right. Right. Which changes the amount in the pot, which, you know, might affect your action. Now they're more right. committed mm -hmm. by the time it comes around, you know. It's funny how these little things affect the action, uh, especially in these multi-way pots. We, Chris was just leading us on a seminar about this, and uh, it really does change the action, how, how people have played earlier in the hand, not only according to pod geometry, but ranges too. Cool. Well, is there anything else people want to uh, mention about this or about, uh, well, one thing I'll tell you is uh, by the time you hear this, we're probably running the course over at rec.poker where we're gonna be getting together once a month with premium members to study and get together and talk about poker. Uh, the main topic is pre-flop ranges, their construction and application. So that'll include opening ranges, calling ranges, three betting, and then some of these interesting spots, four betting and five betting ranges I find are something that are so interestingly suitable to certain players and certain player pools that I think we'll have a lot of interesting discussions uh, similar to tonight. So without any further ado, let me see if I can cue up the appropriate music. I'll thank our sponsors. Oh no, for the first time tonight. Well, this time I mean it twice.
So our good friends at website AMP, uh, Running Aces, Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and Learn Pro Poker. Thanks, Eric, for joining us. Thanks, Rob, Chris, and John. And just for chatting poker like we always do. See you next week.